Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Man. TLR fam, how you feeling tonight? Y'all doing all right? Yeah. That was pretty amazing band crew. Thanks, as always, for leading us so strong tonight. Uh, Man, it is good uh, to be back again, week three, like I said, of this semester, and I'm excited for tonight. Last week, we kicked off this new series here at TLR called Living My Best Life, Living My Best Life. And this is a phrase that you've probably heard said before. It's a phrase that maybe you have said before. And typically we say living my best life when like things are going well, right? Like when we, you know, just got an A on the test and we thought we were gonna get like a D, you know? Or man, we like got the promotion that we've been after and we didn't think it was gonna happen, you know? We're like, yo, how you doing? I'm living my best life. Maybe for some of you, that's how like this semester has felt so far. You're like college, this experience has just felt like, I'm living my best life. Maybe for others of you, it's felt like the opposite. I don't know. Um, But last week we kicked off this series and we we said that we're going to spend a couple of weeks looking at specific areas in life. And we believe that if you could learn and apply wisdom to these specific areas in your life, that you would be on the path or at least moving in the direction of the path to truly be living your best life. So last week in Living My Best Life, part one, we talked about friends, specifically our inner circle. You might remember like we had these like three chairs over here on the stage and I sat down in the middle one. I was like, hey, these two chairs, the one on my right and the one on my left, these represent your inner circle. Like these are the people that are closest to you, the people that know the real you. And we talked about how um, your inner circle, like your friends, they directly impact the direction and quality of your life as they go you go. Where they go, you'll go. What they do, you'll eventually begin to do. Even the way they think, you'll start to to think. And even the way they sound and the way that they talk, like you might eventually start to sound and talk like them. And so we talked about last week how if you apply wisdom to this area of your life, if you're intentional about who sits in those seats, who's a part of your inner circle, that that could really lead you in the way down the path of living your best life. And tonight, Tonight, we get to take it a step further in part two of this conversation, Living My Best Life, part two. And tonight, I believe that if I were to take a poll of the room, like if I were to go around the room right now and say, hey, what do you think is like the number one thing in life that you need in order to be living your best life? My guess is for most of you in the room, you'd say what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Like that would be your number one answer. This would be the thing that you would say above all other things, like you need this one thing in order to truly live your best life. For others of you, maybe it wouldn't be number one, like the first thing that comes to mind, but it would be like top two or three for sure, if you're being honest. And the thing that we're gonna talk about tonight, the topic for this discussion is this right here, money, money, yeah. And honestly, we don't have time for this, but we could go around the room and there's like a hundred different names for what we call money. You know what I mean? Benjamins, you know, moolah, like it goes on and on, right? And let me just say this, I've been leading TLR, like I've gotten the honor and privilege to lead TLR for the past six years almost. It'll be six years next month. And in the past six years, I just, this is a confession, like I'm not proud of this, but in the past six years, we haven't directly talked about money one single time. In fact, tonight's the first time in my life, to my knowledge, that I'm preaching on the topic of money. So I hope it goes well. (laughs) But here's the thing, tonight we're gonna talk about it because it's important. 
It matters. We're talking about the money that you have, the money that maybe you don't have, the money that maybe you wish you had, or the money that you hope to one day have. To which I know what some of you are already thinking. Some of you are like, yo, yo, Matt, don't you know like the college stereotype? Like we're college students, we're broke. (laughs) We don't have a lot of money. Like, haven't you heard? Why are we wasting time talking about this? To which I'll get to that in a second, but before we do, uh, I think it'll be helpful for me to share a story as to kind of why I think it's important for us to be talking about this tonight. It was a few months ago and I was talking with a couple college students. Um, You can take a deep breath, it was none of you, like they're not here tonight, so it wasn't any of you. Um, But I was talking to a couple college students and I'm like, yo, like how are y'all doing, like how's life? And they're like, oh, it's okay, like it's all right. And typically when someone gives me an answer like that, I'm just like, all right, well, good to see you, you know, and I like walk away, (laughs) super empathetic. I need to work on that. But in this specific like instance, I was like, I feel like I need to like press a little bit deeper. And so I was like, oh, okay, like just okay, just all right, like what's going on? And they're like, yeah, you know, like we're getting to the end of college and like life is just hitting and adulting is hard, you know, and we're trying to figure it out. And like, we're having some roommate issues and we're trying to figure out like, where are we gonna live? Because rent's gone up in our current place. And like, I'm not getting enough hours at work. So, you know, I'm just kind of stressed and like overwhelmed with it all. And I'm trying to figure things out, but it's just tough. And I was like, I get it. Like, I know the struggle is real. That, that, that's difficult. It's a difficult season of life to be in. And so then I was like, hey, uh, let's flip the page here. Like, let's try to bring the spirits up a little bit. Like, that's just kind of how I'm wired. So I was like, well, anyways, like, how was your weekend, you know? And they're like, oh, the weekend was great. Like this past weekend, you know, it was just kind of a typical weekend, but man, it was awesome. I'm living for the weekends. And so I was like, oh, well, tell me more. Like what happened this weekend? And they're like, well, let's see, Friday, um, we went to that game. I went to this game, this sports game with my friends and it was awesome. Then afterwards, like we went out, you know, like we didn't really like go, we were, we were wise, Matt. We didn't like go out, out, but you know, we went out a little bit after the game. And then like Saturday, we slept in a little bit, but then we woke up and we went and got coffee at our favorite coffee shop. And then we got brunch. And then after brunch, like we went, we shopped a little bit, you know, I'd been a minute since I've been shopping. So like I got some new shoes and I got some clothes, but it was cool. And then that night it was chill, but we just like went bowling and hung out with some friends. And then Sunday, like we were tired. And so we kind of slept in again. We watched church online though. Don't worry about it, Pastor Matt, it's cool. Um, But then like, but then that evening, you know, we got like an early dinner and then just kind of called it a night because it had been a full weekend. We needed to like get some rest and get ready for the week ahead, you know, study, catch up on some things, all that. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like an awesome weekend. Like you did a lot in the span of a two, two and a half days, in the span of a weekend, that's amazing. And I walked away from that conversation, honestly didn't think much of it until later that night, I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about the scope of that conversation, like where it began and where it ended. And it began with these two people telling me like they were stressed because they weren't sure how they were gonna make ends meet financially in this season of their life. And they're like, man, I just don't know. Like, it's so difficult. And it ended with them being like, yo, this weekend was crazy. And I started thinking the way that they were talking kind of made me feel like it was just a normal weekend for them. But then I started thinking, and this is just the way my brain works. I was like, they ate out like four times. Judging by their Instagram, it wasn't like McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. It was like places that have vibes. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) AKA not cheap, like expensive, three or four dollar signs on Yelp, you know? Like y'all are with me. They went to a coffee shop, they went shopping and they got some shoes. They had clothes. 
They ate out again. They went and did some entertainment. They went out, whatever that means. I'm just thinking in my mind, this weekend had to be like at least three or $400, if not more. Like this is the way my mind's working. And I'm thinking, man, something here's not adding up. And look, again, I, I know the struggle's real. Like, I know it's tough. I know some of you are already like, man, I, I don't even know if I can buy dinner or groceries this week because I'm still waiting for my friend to cash out me back from the weekend, you know? Some of you are like, it's you. He's talking about you. Send it now. <laughs> Just a side note, but I remember like growing up when I'd find like $5 in my pocket and I'd be like, oh yes, oh my goodness, I forgot that was still in there. Now it's like when you open up your Venmo or Cash App app, you know, and you're like, Oh, I forgot, I forgot to cash out that $20 from last weekend. Yes, best day ever. But here's what I I want you to know is that tonight this message isn't about how much money you have or don't have, it's really not. This message tonight is not going to end with me giving you a big push to say you should give money, start giving to Buckhead Church. This, This isn't about setting, this is about really setting the financial foundation for you in your life, the financial foundation that will lead to to the future that you want and the future ultimately that God wants for you. That's the direction we're heading. Because how many of you know that the financial habits that you're building right now are habits that you'll carry with you into your future? So there's actually no better time than right now to talk about this. Like college is actually the launching pad into the rest of your life. So now is the time to talk about this. Now's the time to figure this out. Now's the time to start to lay the right foundation as it relates to your financial habits and the way in which you view money. Because newsflash, let me just let you in on something. When you get like a job, when you begin your career and you start making like real money, it's not just gonna magically change your financial habits. It's not just gonna become easier overnight. If anything, it'll become more complex because now you'll have more options on the table and you'll be like, I could actually spend more if I wanted to spend more because it's there. And come on, for some of you, I realize this isn't for all of you, but for some of you, like the money, most of the money that you're spending right now, it's not even really your own money. Like maybe you have your parents or your grandparents or your aunt or uncle's credit card. And for some of you, you can't really handle someone else's money responsibly. So what really makes you think that you're gonna be able to handle your own money later? For others of you, like you're, you're making a decent amount of money right now. For some of you, it's amazing to me, but like you're taking full, you know, a full load of classes, but you also have like a full-time job and you're making money, but who is helping you handle it well? Like who's pouring into you? And maybe you have someone, maybe, maybe you don't. For some of you, you're brilliant. Like you aced organic chemistry and you're gonna probably ace calculus, which I don't understand how that's even possible. I tried calculus once and it didn't go well, but yet you have no clue in the realm of personal finance. And listen, that's that's okay. Like I'm not throwing shade on any of those things. I'm just saying this is why it's important for us to talk about this tonight. Like tonight in, in the remaining few moments that we have together, I just wanna talk about the spiritual side of money and your stuff. And ultimately, I want you, I want me to have a healthy relationship with money and stuff. In other words, I want money and your stuff to have the proper place in your life. 
Because no matter who you are, no matter how much money you make or don't make, whether you're still using someone's credit card or your own, you and I have some kind of relationship with money and that relationship matters. And maybe right now, if you were being honest, like the best way you describe the relationship between you and money currently is you're like, yo, it's, it's, it's all mine. Like it's an exclusive relationship, me and money. And like my money is my money and I use it for what I want, like it's, it's mine. Maybe for you, money, the way you view it, the way you would describe your relationship, your current relationship with money, maybe you'd say like, it's, it's more of like a solution. Like it's a means to an end, you know? It, it kind of gets me from here to there. And maybe for you, money is your main goal. Like maybe it's your main focus in life. It's, it's what you kind of filter every decision through right now. It's like while you're in college, you know, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm pursuing it. I've got these goals. It's where I'm headed. And once I get there, I'll feel like I'm there. But until I'm there, like I'm gonna be focused on the goal. Maybe for you, money is, is like validation. And it's like, man, like, like that's the relationship between me and money. When I've got it, when I've got a certain amount, it feels like validation. It feels like it gives me purpose and meaning in my life. Or maybe money, the, the way you describe the relationship between you and money is more like it's security for me. Like it kind of gives me what I need. You know, it's, it's something to fall back on. It's protection for me, kind of comforts me. Maybe it's like a mixture. Maybe it changes from season to season. But, but here's what I want you to know is that how you view money, how you view your money now is how you'll view your money later. That how you view money now in this season of your life will carry over. How you view money will determine how you use money. How you view money will determine the place that it holds in your life or the amount of your life that it has a hold on. And listen, can I just speak for just a moment to the Jesus followers in the room? For those of you in the room who claim to be Jesus followers, this relationship really matters because the intersection of faith and finances is a challenging conversation for sure but it's one that cannot be ignored or just shoved to the side. No, if you claim to be a Jesus follower, then this really, really matters. In fact, you may not know this. I just found this out like a couple weeks ago. But did you know that throughout the gospels, the gospels are the first four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, or first four books of the New Testament rather, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record the life and ministry of Jesus. Did you know that throughout the four gospels, Jesus speaks more about money than he does about heaven? to which some of you are like, there's, there's no way, that, that cannot be true. Jesus speaks more about money than heaven? Yeah, 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 why, why? why, why would he do that? Well, it's because I think Jesus knew that money has the potential to become like the center of your life, the focus of your life. And it's not that money's bad, we'll get there in a second. But Jesus knew like, man, money can become the thing. Like it can become the center. Money can become like an idol. Money can take the place that only God should hold in your life. In fact, there are so many scriptures that I could have went to tonight to try to help drive this home and get us to where I feel like we need to go. But I just chose one of them. And it's found in Matthew chapter six. It's, it's, it's in the middle, like smack dab in the middle of one of Jesus's most famous sermons called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse, verse 19. These are the words of Jesus. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Keep going. 
He says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus is like, hey, hey, there's kind of two ways you can live. You can either be like an earthly hoarder where you just kind of store up treasure for yourself. What does he mean when he says treasure? Well, it's like your money, it's your possessions, it's your stuff. He's saying like, you can just kind of hoard all that and keep it for yourself. But guess what? It's gonna, it's gonna fade away at some point or it's gonna be taken away at some point. It's not gonna last. He's saying, or you can be someone who invests like eternally. Like you invest in things that will last. And listen, the temptation for you and me will always be to store up for yourselves now. But the challenge is to use money as a tool for others and to advance and expand the kingdom of God. And for some of you, you might be like, well, Jesus probably said these things because he was probably about to like take up an offering, right? To like go around and be like, all right, with that being said, um, what do you wanna be, an earthly hoarder or an eternal investor? Okay, everybody, like I'm gonna pass around the plate and uh, I'm watching you now, I know what you got, I know that job you have. Here, what are you gonna put in the plate? No, 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 that's not the direction Jesus was going because the reality is Jesus doesn't really need your money or your stuff, he's God. So it wasn't so much that. But look at what Jesus says, look where he's headed. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There it is. He's like, hey, I'm not really so concerned with your money or your stuff. He's saying, I just know that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's saying what we treasure is what we pursue. That your heart, my heart, will follow what we value the most. That there's an inescapable link between our money and our hearts. Like if you really, let me just have a moment of, of transparency with you. If you really wanna know where my heart is, then don't just listen to the things that I say. Like some of you could be like, oh Matt, your heart is probably on fire for the Lord because you preach and you teach people about God and the Bible and man, it's so good. Like it's just on, you know, that's, you must just be spiritual and you're in it. Okay, that's great. But like, if you really wanted to know where my heart is, Jesus would say, then follow the paper trail. Like, look at where your money goes. Because you will lean in and lean on and trust in what's at the center of your life. And I could say all day, like, man, I love Jesus. I'm following him with everything in my life. But what does the paper say? Where does my money go? What am I investing in? What's at the center of my life? And I feel like I need to pause just for a moment because for some of you, when you think about conversations like this, especially conversations like this in the church, it's why when I said the topic tonight, money, so many of you were like, ooh, and you're like, oh gosh, where's he gonna go? Others of you were like, oh, I already know, I already know. Because for some of you, you, you've only heard narratives when it comes to one end or the other of the extremes. For some of you, you've heard the narrative that I'm gonna call and that many call the poverty gospel, which goes something like this. Hey, possessions, material things are evil. That wealthy people are ungodly. That righteousness in the eyes of God, if you wanna be righteous in God's eyes, then it's found in total self-denial. In fact, I heard about a pastor not too long ago on Instagram, he was like showing videos of some of his stuff. And he's like, yo, this is my car. It's 30 years old, but I'm content. I'm not gonna upgrade because I'm a follower of God. I love Jesus, so I'm good with it. 
And then he showed his couch in his living room. It was kind of weird. He showed his couch and he's like, this couch is 20 years old. Contentment, people, this is what it looks like. And I remember hearing this being like, yo, good for you. That's great. But honestly, I wouldn't get another oil change on that car because that thing is gonna fall apart. And, and let me just talk about that couch for a second. My kids, my family, myself, I'd never be caught dead sitting on that thing. It's nasty. Get a new couch, bro. Like, that's cool. But don't paint the picture that this is what it means to surrender to Jesus in this area of your life. It might mean that. But guess what? If you go buy a new couch, I don't think Jesus is like, oh my, are you serious? Really? Really? And living in that type of mindset, that poverty gospel mindset, it's exhausting. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And it leads you, it can very easily lead you down a path of being extremely judgmental because you're looking at everybody else and you're like, oh, new shoes. What's wrong with your old pair of shoes? <laughs> they, they broke, they, they don't work. Oh, cool, 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 cool. It's great, okay, well, I know where your heart is, you know? As I'm up here in my dunks, it's like, oh. <laughs> so that's one end of the extreme. Let's talk about the other one. And probably more of you have maybe heard about this, the prosperity gospel. Sometimes it can, I'm gonna talk about it, don't worry about it. <laughs> but if I wasn't, now I am, yeah. No, I love it, I love it. Y'all keep talking back to me, it helps me. Prosperity gospel. Sometimes it's more subtle, sometimes it's overt. Basically, it just says, hey, give and you'll get. What will you get? Things like health, wealth, and blessings, guaranteed. It makes your relationship with God pretty transactional, doesn't it? Hey, God, I'm gonna give this to you. And man, I'm expecting it. Come on, promotion. I'm gonna see a check in my mailbox tomorrow. Hey, I'm not saying God doesn't do that. I'm not saying he won't give you health, wealth, and blessings. I'm really not. But I'm saying ultimately, you know what? We don't give to get but we give for what Jesus has already given us. If Jesus gave you and I, if he never gave you and I one other thing, he's already given us more than enough, himself. He's given us everything. So that's not the reason we give. Both extremes take God's word and they just twist it just a little bit. And see, ultimately money isn't the enemy or the end game. It's not the enemy and it's not the end goal. Money is a tool. Another way to say it is this, money is a terrible master, but an incredible servant. Like if money has the authority over your life, if money is your North Star for every decision that you make, I'm telling you, it's gonna ultimately lead you down a path that is not living your best life. But money is an incredible servant. And come on, you know this. Like money can be used in amazing ways. Y'all, it takes money to make TLR happen on a week-to-week -week basis. Like you know this, right? Like Papa John's didn't donate 95 pizzas tonight. We paid for those. The shuttle drivers didn't just say, we're gonna drive the shuttle in the name of the Lord. They are, they're great people. They're also getting a paycheck. We rented those, we're paying for their gas. Yeah, money is a, a terrible master, but an incredible servant. In fact, Jesus kind of says the same thing when he, he wraps up where we're going in, in verse 24. Look what he says. No one can serve two masters. 
Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Why? Because money demands self-centered living. It says me first. But Jesus demands something different. Jesus demands self-sacrificial living, which says others first. Look, God doesn't need your stuff. God doesn't really need your money. He doesn't hate your money or your stuff either. God just wants your heart. Like if you're taking notes tonight, write this down. If you're not taking notes, encourage you to still write this down or at least remember this. God doesn't want to have your money. God just doesn't want your money to have you. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) I love y'all so much. I knew it. I knew it was gonna gonna hit. (laughs) But y'all, it's true. God doesn't really wanna have your money. Like he's not in heaven. Like, come on, yo, yo, yo. That's all you're gonna give me? I need more. He's God. Come on, what are we talking about? God doesn't wanna have your money. He just doesn't want your money to have you. And he knows that it is highly probable that at some point in your life, money can have you whether you have a lot or you don't. There's this story that's found in three of the gospels. And it's the story called the rich young ruler. We don't know a lot about this this guy other than the fact that he was rich. He had some wealth, he was young and he was a ruler. That's why it's called the story of the rich young ruler. You're like, wow, Matt, thank you for, you know, expounding on that, that's amazing. And this this, this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, Um, what must I do to like inherit eternal life? Which he was already off base. Cause he's like, God, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I feel like I've done a lot. You know, can you just affirm that? Tell me I'm good. And Jesus, I imagine he was like, oh man, this is gonna be tough, but I, I need to tell you this. You've done a lot of good things, but there's one thing you lack. And I imagine the rich young ruler is leaning in and he's like, all right, just say it. I'm good, I'm good for it. I love you, I, I, I'll follow you anywhere. And Jesus is like, I want you to go sell all your possessions and give everything away and then come follow me. To which the rich young ruler, it says, walked away in that moment sad. He was like, oh man, I can't do that. And you know why Jesus said that? It wasn't because he wanted his stuff. It wasn't because he hated his stuff. It was because Jesus knew, man, this is what's at the center of your life. This is what's holding you back. This is your master. And Jesus is like, hey, if you really wanna follow me, if you really wanna go there, if you really wanna know, then here's what I want you to do. Let go of that stuff. Not because I hate it, but because I want you to live in freedom. Jesus follows up this moment with a really bold statement. I'm just gonna read it from Mark chapter 10, verse 25. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why such a bold statement, Jesus? Well, it's because Jesus knows how strong of a grip that money can have on your life. Like you can seem to have everything on the outside, yet feel completely empty on the inside. And again, Jesus is not opposed to your money or even your stuff. He is just opposed to your money and your stuff having your heart. Money will always shout two things 
It'll say more, 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 and keep, keep, keep. More, 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 and keep, keep, keep. That's why it's a terrible master. In fact, there's this story. I was doing some research, and there's this guy. You may have heard of him. His name was John Rockefeller. Like, he got in the oil industry, made a ton of money way back in, like, the 1800s. In fact, some people say today, Mr. Rockefeller's net worth would be like over $600 billion. Let me just put that into perspective. The richest man I believe on, on, on earth today is, is Elon Musk. He's worth about $230 billion. So John Rockefeller was worth like three times more than the richest person on earth today. And a reporter once was like, hey, Mr. Rockefeller, like what, when, when would, would it be enough? Like, how much more do you need to make? And he looked back and he said, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Money shouts more, more, more. Money says keep, keep, keep. Hey, can I just say this? And, and I really don't mean to come in hot, but to the student or the adult in the room tonight, you know it's not really yours anyways. And I know some of you are like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not mine? I worked for my money. I studied for my money. I, I've like spent hours and hours developing that gift, that talent. Hey, who gave you the gift and that talent? Hey, who put you in those positions to where you could make those connections, to where you could get that education? Hey, who gave you the gift of life in the first place? Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't you. It's not really yours. In fact, here's the mindset, here's the perspective that, man, like I've been praying, God, could you help us get this? It's this right here, money, is actually not yours to spend. Will you need to spend some money in life? Yes, of course. But money's not really yours to spend. No, 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 money is yours to steward. It's yours to use. And I hope you use it in a way that expands the kingdom of God. Like make as much money as you can so that you can use it to maximize your influence here on this earth. Couple things as we close. I just wanna give you a framework for those of you who are like, Matt, get practical with it. What's a framework for the way that I should be living, the way that I should be investing and spending my money? And listen, tonight, I'm just teeing up the conversation. In just a second, I'm gonna uh, give you a, a way that you can go further in this conversation if you want to. But here's a framework. Give, save, live. This order matters. Give, save, live. First, give. Every paycheck you bring in, up top, give away a percentage of it. Where? A local church, a nonprofit that you believe in, someone in need, like give away. That, that's biblical. I'm not gonna get into that right now, we don't have time, but to give the first. Like don't just give out of the leftovers that you have. Some of you are like, I can't afford to give. My, my thought would be, you, you really can't afford not to give. It's too important to get this principle at play in your life. Give first, then save, and live on the rest. How much? Well, these are just percentages that I'll throw out as a starting point, but maybe 10% give, save 20%, live on the rest, 70%. That could fluctuate a little bit. You need money to live. That's a fact. But living doesn't start when you get money. God doesn't want money to become like a reservoir in your life where what you get just gets stuck with you where you just consume, where you only care about me, 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 me. No, God wants money to be like a river in your life, where it flows through you, where you use it, where you steward it. For some of you, you, you wanna know more. You're like, Matt, you've got my curiosity peaked. 
I wanna ask questions. Like I, I wanna go further. I wanna figure out what it means to like create a budget. If that's you, if you have any level of interest in, in carrying on this type of conversation when it comes to gaining financial wisdom in your life, which I hope is like a lot of us, myself included, then I wanna give you the opportunity. In just a few weeks, we've got this class uh, here at Buckhead Church that we offer, it's called Money Wise. It's this amazing class. They've shortened it to where it's just four weeks. It's gonna be one hour a week on Zoom. All you have to do is show up, it's free. Show up on Zoom. And you're gonna gain financial wisdom. If you're interested in this or just hearing more about this, then we're gonna throw this QR code up on the screens. You, you can scan this QR code and fill out the form. The form's just like your first and last name, your phone and email. It's just so that we can follow up with you in the next week or two and let you know like when this class is gonna begin. For some of you, I'm telling you, this could be the best thing that you'd do. Like this could help you gain wisdom in this area of your life. So you can scan that code, fill out that form if you have any level of interest. And as I close, I, I just wanna, I wanna say this. I wanna remind you of a couple things. What you do, the money you make, the stuff that you have, none of that defines who you are. None of that defines who you are. You're not defined by what you do. You are worth far more than anything you'll ever make. I need to say that to a guy in the room. Hey, you're worth far more than wherever you get in your career to the girl in the room who feels like you don't have it, you're worth far more than whatever you could ever make. As I close, let me just throw this picture up. This is my family. This weekend on a golf cart ride, it's my wife, Ann, it's my daughter, Willow, it's my daughter, Nomi. Look, some of you are like, what's going on with her hair? Nomi's hair, we're trying to figure it out, it's crazy. But these are my, these are my people. And it's already so cool, Nomi just turned one, Willow will be four in like a couple of weeks. It's already so cool to see the way that God's wired them, the gifts and talents that he's given them. But as their father, you know what I don't say to them? I cannot wait to see what you do and how much money you make. And man, it's gonna be great. And you're gonna buy me all these things. No, no, no. I say, hey, Willow, hey, Nomi, I want you to love others. I want you to steward what God has given to you. I want you to keep Jesus at the center of your life. In him is found true fulfillment and purpose and joy overflowing. In him, no matter what life may bring your way, you can still be living your best life. Because come on, circumstances will change, but he won't. People will fail, but he won't. Opportunities will come and go, but he won't. Money is a shaky foundation at best, but Jesus Christ, as we just sang about at the top tonight, is a firm foundation. And so tonight, there's someone in the room who would say, Matt, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want Jesus to be the foundation that I'm standing on because maybe for you it's not money, maybe it's something else, but you know Jesus is not at the center of your life. And maybe tonight's the night where you'd say, man, I want Jesus to be at the center of my life. I want a relationship with him. I want Jesus to be my firm foundation. So if that's you, I'm just gonna put it on the table. And it's cool, if, if there's no one in the room, it's cool. 
But if that's you, tonight is the night that you wanna put your faith and trust in Jesus. And you want Jesus to be the center of your life. Would you just stand up right where you are? I know this is asking a lot. I know it's a courageous step. So y'all can stay standing for a minute. I see the two. Y'all can stay standing if you would. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's one over here. Yeah, any, anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, see you. It's amazing. Okay. For the few of you that are standing, everybody else, can we just stand and, and, and maybe even lock up with one another? As one family, for those of you who just stood and said, that's me, I want a relationship with Jesus, I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight, I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I want to follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. In Jesus' name. A few people just said, Jesus is my firm foundation for the first time. And I want us to celebrate and lose our minds and to say, incredible decision. Yeah, yeah. There's no better decision you can make. Oh, come on, TLR, we can do a little bit better than that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at The Living Room ATL. Remember, TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.